Greetings to those who watch below. So today's stories are another roundup of some true, terrifying, black-eyed kids' encounters. But before we start, I'd like to say a massive thank you and give a huge shout-out to those who dwell below. Steffi Ray, Wicked Witch, Jess Black Curtain, Lisa Watts, Lefty Kim, and Christina Groves. If you'd like to join them, make sure to check out the link in the description box. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. I let the black-eyed children inside my house. I live just outside of a rural town in Vermont. It's a tight-knit community where everyone knows one another and people don't lock their doors at night. There has never been any need to. A little over a year ago, I woke up because I heard a loud banging at my front door. At the time, my husband and I lived in a small home on a dirt road, just off the rural route into town. It was the middle of a snowstorm, and the nearby hills get very slippery in the snow, so I thought that someone might have been in an accident and broken down. It's happened before. When I look out the window, I could see that our motion spotlight was on. I could see that there were footprints in the snow that had come from our road and into our driveway, but there was no car anywhere. The snow was still covering the road, and no one had driven on it for at least a couple of hours. Our front door was obscured from the window, but I could see that someone was standing there. I wasn't sure what to think, so I woke up my husband just to feel safer. While I was telling him what was going on, the banging on the door started again, and my husband went to answer it while I stood in the hallway. When he opened the door, there were two children standing in the snow, looking toward the ground. They were a boy and a girl, and could not have been more than eight years old. They were dressed strangely, and had odd haircuts. The girl's hair was very long and straight, and the boy had a dated haircut that looked almost like a bowl cut. They weren't dressed for winter, and my first thought was that they must have been Mennonite children, but as far as I know, there was never a large community of Mennonites near us. Thinking back on it, I know that my normal reaction to seeing children in a snowstorm would have been to rush them inside and bundle them up with some blankets and hot cocoa, but that's not how this felt. The children were very unnerving. They would not make eye contact, and when my husband asked them if everything was okay, they asked if they could come in. My husband looked to me like, what do I do? And I asked the kids where their parents were. They'll be here soon, is all they said. It was around two o'clock in the morning at this point, so the only reasonable thought in my head was that there must have been an accident or these kids got lost. As much as my instincts told me not to bring them inside, I did it anyway. I went into the kitchen to make them some hot cocoa while my husband took them into the living room. While I was fixing the kettle, I could hear my husband talking to the kids. He was asking them if they were okay, where they came from, how far they'd walked, if their parents' car was broken down, things like that. But they always answered, Our parents will be here soon. They spoke in a sing-songy voice. They weren't afraid to be in a stranger's home at all. I started to notice that our cats were all hiding, except one who was in the kitchen with me. Normally our cats are very curious and friendly, and we have to be careful that they don't run out the door when we leave. This time none of them even tried to see who was here, which I thought was strange. 
All the hair on the cat's neck was standing up, and his tail was puffed up while he looked in the living room. When I bent down to pet him and see what was wrong, he hissed and started growling and backed up, until he had hid himself under the kitchen island. I have never seen him do that before. When I walked back into the living room, the kids were sitting on the couch as still as can be, but my husband was holding his head in his hands. I asked him what was wrong, and he just said that he felt very dizzy all of a sudden, but that he was fine. I turned back to the children to give them their cocoa, but when they looked at me, I gasped. It took everything inside of me not to drop the mugs and run away. When they looked at me, their eyes were completely black. They had no whites, just giant black pupils. When they saw that I was scared, they stood up and asked if they could use the bathroom. I tried to be as composed as I could be, and showed them down the hall. They went into the bathroom together, and I hurried back to my husband to ask him if he had seen their eyes. He said he had seen them too, and said it looked like his brother's badly bruised eyes after a car accident. We were in the middle of talking about whose children they could be, when my husband's nose started to bleed. He's never had nosebleeds as long as I had known him. I just knew inside myself that this had something to do with the kids in the bathroom, and started crying while I ran to get my husband some tissues. That's when the power went out. I heard my husband yell my name from the living room, and as I started to walk back through the hallway, I stopped dead in my tracks. The two children were standing at the end of the hallway. They weren't moving, and I have never been so scared in my whole life. They just stood there, in the dark. After what felt like forever, the boy said, Our parents are here, and they walked to the door, opened it, and walked out leaving it wide open. My husband jumped up to go close it and almost fell over. We looked out the window and saw two men standing by a black car idling at the end of our driveway. The men looked like they were wearing black coloured suits and were very tall, at least six foot. When my husband waved at them, they just stared at us, got into the car and drove off. Our power came on about half an hour later, but nothing was the same after that. Over the next few months, three of our cats went missing. We can only assume that they ran away somewhere and never came back. But the worst thing was coming home to find our cat Pigeon in a puddle of blood on the living room floor. He looked like he had been vomiting blood. The vet told us he had had some kind of hemorrhage. After my husband's nosebleeds became a regular occurrence, we went to see the doctor. He didn't know what to make of it other than dry nasal passages but my husband was diagnosed with an aggressive skin cancer. When the doctor asked us if he used tanning beds, we both thought he was joking, but apparently this type of melanoma is linked to overuse of indoor tanning. The doctors think he will recover, but don't understand how he got it so bad so quickly. My husband has never worked an outdoor job and spends relatively little time in the sun. Since we let the black-eyed kids inside our home, I've also suffered from regular dizzy spells and nosebleeds on a regular basis. I've had other issues which I won't mention, but trust me when I say that I am suddenly in the worst condition of my life and no one can do anything about it. I know that all of this is because I let the black-eyed children into my home. We've told everyone we could about the strange kids that showed up that night, but no one else saw them 
and some laugh at how scared we were of the Mennonite kids. But we know what we saw. I wish my husband had never opened that door. I'm being stalked by a black-eyed child, by Cult of Tiamat. Despite my belief in the supernatural, I've never believed in black-eyed children, even though I've always been fascinated by them. They just didn't make any sense. It seemed simultaneously random and contrived. Nevertheless, I always thought of them as fascinating, and hoped to someday use them in a fictional story. I never imagined that I'd be telling a true story about one. Very few authors make enough money from selling books to support themselves or a family, so I have a day job as a social worker for a private company in central Missouri, close to Sedalia. At the time, I worked in and around a small rural community called Windsor in Henry Country. My job took me all over eastern Henry County, often in rural areas down dirt roads through thick forests. I don't recall the exact day or even month, but sometime in the spring of 2018, I was driving on a rural road south of Windsor. Specifically, I was driving south on Evans Road. Just south of the eastward turn to Brandon Road, Evans Road makes an L-shape that turns the road from north-south to east-west. When heading south, to your left is an open field, so you can see if there is anything around the bend on the east-west turn. Seeing that there wasn't, I took the turn, then glanced at something on my phone. When I looked up, I saw a boy in the middle of the road. I wasn't going very fast, but if I hadn't turned fast, I would have hit him. He remained stationary in the road, and I sailed past him as I laid on the brakes and skidded to a stop. I saw him out of the side of my eyes as I passed him very close. Despite this, he didn't seem in any way to be troubled by almost getting hit by my SUV. It was only when I passed very close that I got a glimpse of his eyes. Pure black. At the time I thought nothing of it, and assumed it was a trick of the light or part of the stress, or maybe he was wearing sunglasses. Whatever the case, I didn't think anything of it at the time. I was just worried I might have hit a child. Once my vehicle was stopped, I opened the door and jumped out, to see nothing there. No one. No boy and no sign of a boy. Yes, I could feel him. I felt like I was being watched, and got the sense that he was on the other side of my vehicle. I started to walk around it, thinking he was hiding from me because he was scared, understandably. I called out to him, then dropped to my knees to look under my SUV, see if I could find his feet, and know how far from me he was on the other side of the vehicle. I saw nothing. I backed away from the parked SUV, far enough that I would be able to see if anything emerged on the other side, and waited. Nothing. Yet, the whole time, I had the feeling of being watched. It's hard to explain, but it felt like the dread you get when your teacher scolds you for doing something, then watches you for a while after. Like you know if you make another mistake, you're going to get scolded again. After a while, waiting around just felt stupid, so I got in my vehicle and left, still in a daze from what just happened. I messaged my wife and a couple of friends about it, but there was nothing else to do. I spoke to some locals about local ghost legends, but there was nothing about a boy haunting that road. There is an old cemetery not far from there, 
and Windsor is a very old community, so there is a high likelihood of some hauntings, but nothing about that road being haunted by a boy ghost. The feeling of being watched persisted no matter where I went for the next few hours, but was most intense when I was in my vehicle. It's worth noting that when I got out of my SUV, I left my door open, and when I was circling the vehicle, at one point the door was on the other side, so he could have jumped in there before I looked under it for his feet. It didn't occur to me at the time to search the inside of the vehicle. In a way, I'm glad I didn't. I left it alone after that, and it only ever came up again when friends wanted me to relay the creepy story to others. Coincidentally, my voice tutor is a member of a local ghost hunting group, and I talked to him about it. He asked if the boy frightened me. I said yes, but not because I thought he wanted to hurt me, more like the same kind of dread you'd get being stared at by a stranger. You just don't know what they want. It might be harmless, but it might not. A few months passed, and nothing. Over the summer I started walking at night to exercise. I often did this at night, as my day job keeps me at work long hours, and evenings are the only times I have. So, I'm usually walking around 8 or 9. I like to listen to horror narrations and documentaries about the paranormal and unsolved mysteries. I usually load these up on my phone and listen as I walk. I live in a small town called Cole Camp, just south of Sedalia, Missouri. It, too, is a very old town, with a fair share of ghost hauntings. It was even the site of a Civil War battle. I notice sometimes while walking, I get that feeling again, like I was being watched. I would look around expecting to see someone looking at me, but there would be nothing. Coal Camp is a small town, and it's rare to cross paths with someone else at that time of night. However, from time to time, I would catch the glimpse of the outline of a boy, often in the shadows of someone's yard or alley, only to have it vanish when I look back a second time. This has happened at least a dozen times, and it happened again as recently as last week. Which brings me to my latest encounter, which is by far the strangest after the initial. While walking, I started listening to a YouTube video about black-eyed children. This was a compilation of spooky stories about them. While listening, my iPhone started acting funny. It would randomly skip to the next video, forcing me to jump back and find my place in the first one. My iPhone never does this. Colcamp is literally in the middle of nowhere, so 4G is spotty at best. However, when it gives out, it usually just buffers or freezes. I've never had it skip an entire video. I eventually assumed there was something wrong with that video, and went to another one. It wasn't what I wanted anyway. I wanted theories about black-eyed children, and I needed some real data. I found a roundtable discussion video about them, and started listening to that. It continually did the same thing, jumping around like the first video. That was when I felt it again. Him. I felt like I was being watched. I turned to look up the street, where I sensed he was standing, but saw nothing. I turned back around, and as my head passed over a row of houses, I caught a silhouette of him in an alley between two houses, near a tree. I didn't realise I'd seen him at first, but when I did, I looked back and he was gone. I promptly returned home. But I have to stipulate that I wasn't really scared. I just felt compelled to return home 
I don't think he means me harm, and if he did he'd have had plenty of chances already. But I just felt I needed to be home. I played a random video as I walked home, and experienced no more jumps. Once I was home, I locked the door and switched to YouTube on my TV. My wife was at a choir practice, so I was home alone with our four cats. Once inside, I didn't feel him anymore. I started the video again, and it was playing fine for a while, until it froze. As soon as that happened, I noticed my cat Aria pointing her nose at the front door, growling lowly. Aria is our most aggressive territorial cat, and she's the most likely to confront an intruder. But she never hisses at a closed door, even when there's a neighbourhood cat on the other side. If the big door is open, and she can see out the screen door, she just stares down the other cats to let them know this is her place. She never growls unless another cat is inside or near her, like if we open the door so there isn't a barrier. What I'm saying is that this was unusual behaviour for her, but not out of character. If Arya sensed a threat on the porch that a door might not stop, she would have behaved in exactly this way. Meanwhile, I had an overwhelming sense that I should not go to the door or look outside. Not dread, just knowing I shouldn't. The YouTube video would not play at all. I remembered my front door security camera, which feeds to an app on my phone, and activated it. All I saw was a black screen. I assumed my app was down and restarted it, but nothing. I called my wife and asked her to check hers. She did, and said hers was black too. Then, while I was on the phone with her, she said, oh, it's back. I grabbed my phone and looked, and sure enough I could see the porch. Aria ceased hissing and walked off to do other cat business. I no longer felt the need to avoid the door, and when I looked myself, I saw everything was clear. Aside from this, the only other strangeness has been that I cannot add videos about black-eyed kids to my watch later list on YouTube. I can put them there, and they're there if I look immediately, but if I wait any length of time, they are deleted. It's been almost a week, and I haven't been walking, so I haven't encountered him again. I no longer fear him, if I ever did. I don't think he wants to hurt me, as he could have already if he wished it. He's never knocked on my door or attempted contact, but I've never spoken to him either. Next time I feel him, I will try and say something. I don't get a feeling of maliciousness from him, only curiosity. My wife, instantly calls herself a cautious believer in these things, but she does not believe in BEKs specifically. She believes my initial encounter was a legitimate ghost sighting, but everything that has followed has been the product of my own overworked and highly creative mind, which is fair. I also know that this encounter is atypical of black-eyed children, in that they tend to be malicious and sadistic, and are not shy about approaching people. Perhaps this one was touched that I got out of my vehicle to check on him, after I almost hit him, instead of driving away. There's no need to warn me of the risks. I already know not to let him into my house. If he comes to my door, I'll talk to him through it. Again, he's never tried this, though. I am at a loss for understanding this. This is not my first paranormal experience, but it is by far the most intriguing. Hi guys, thank you for listening to these tales today. I really hope you enjoyed them. 
If you want any more Black Eyed Children's stories, please let me know and I'd be more than happy to do another video on them. Also, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the channel, making sure you hit the notification bell so you know when the next video goes live. So, until next time, sleep tight.